What's up, everybody? Thanks for listening to another episode of Modern Guilt. It's a Tuesday morning, uh, and we're chilling. Chilling. Good day. Chatting about bug breaking <laughs> and alt right Twitter accounts. I heard a really interesting take that they are basically the new artisans, you know, of mm. this age. I think it was on. I get that. Uh, like a Red Scare episode or something. Uh-huh. And uh, with Campbot, which is, if anybody doesn't know who that is, highly suggest not looking into him uh, because he's a fucking moron. But he was in That Feel When No Girlfriend, the incel documentary. Oh, right. And they're talking about like the oppressed, you know, artisans of today are uh-huh. basically incels and uh, whatnot. Ooh. And they're producing the best art. Yeah, right. Well, I, yeah, I, I would agree with that take. I think that's really accurate. I actually had a conversation with someone I know who is uh, doing a master's degree in fine arts uh, recently, and I was talking to them about why they think visual art just doesn't occupy like a prominent space in the zeitgeist right now, and why why art just fails to reach people or be impactful. Yeah. In my opinion, and and she agreed, and you know we were tossing up why that may be and our thoughts on it don't really matter so much but i just say that to say that i think you're right about these like twitter trolls actually producing the most impactful content or art like it's it's a new format um, yeah and it actually resonates with people mm. and it and it is um the most accurate representation of or is it the it's the the best lens to, that people project their worldview through yeah like um, it used to be um in in the renaissance you know people would would paint uh images from from bible stories with like modern twists or whatever but like it's the same yeah. thing repurposing content for twitter and i think it's really good that's a great great take it was like the 60s 70s and 80s the lgbt community was like legitimately oppressed uh and they produced great art you know like the mm-hmm. whole andy warhol scene and everything like that but not yeah. that i'm a massive fan of andy warhol Mm-hmm. but uh you know he was obviously involved in those communities i might be talking yeah. out my ass right now i just 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 assume that he is but like john waters definitely right like john waters that made all those creepy movies like pink flamingos did you ever see that no i didn't i've ne- actually oh, never heard of this... john waters oh really he did hairspray uh oh, okay and... right i see yeah you definitely would be aware he's this like he has this razor in fact i'll just fucking send a photo of him to you well, um, we else should get Andy Warhol on the pod. <laughs> yeah, bring him on. Is he still alive? <laughs> no, no, he's been dead for ages. Okay, we can just bring That's what back make it like such a hologram. A episode. Yeah, check your signal. That's John Waters. He's like pretty iconic in oh, terms of. Oh fuck me! This guy looks nuts. Yeah, he just like looks like That's powerfully fucking eighties uh, count homosexual villain or whatever. In the 90s, it was like office workers, I feel. And then the dot-com bu- like bubble or period or whatever, it was just sort of like, I don't, I don't even know who was the oppressed people then. It just kind of like faded into obscurity. Mm-hmm. And then nowadays, uh, it does kind of feel like they are more in line with being the, you know, downtrodden artists or whatever. Um, well, so, I, would say that, um, yeah. the, I would say that the prominent group or the prominent culturally oppressed group in like the 90s or 2000s that was making great art was like 
and maybe this sounds like sort of contradictory to what many might think, but um, I think like African Americans and hip hop, man, like the oh yeah, the, the the emergence of hip hop culture ranging from like music to urban streetwear to the popularity of like the NBA um, becoming basically capturing mainstream culture. Yeah, Dave Chappelle's show, eh? that was kind of like mm. the most iconic part of that entire period. That's true. Yeah, I definitely yeah. vibe with um, that. So I, I think, and like now it's interesting because as someone who is like a massive hip hop fan, like I find, and again, I probably sound like a cliche and I'm kind of almost hate to hear myself say this, but like I find most contemporary hip hop to just be so hollow and meaningless and empty. I, I mm. felt like even mainstream hip hop of the 2000s and like early noughts, sorry, I meant early 20 teens, not early noughts was really interesting and impactful and still had ed- an edge to it but now yep. i think it's just plateaued and flatlined and they're basically just pumping out pop hits which is fine yeah. like it's it is what it is like i don't i don't care what artists no, make never hate on a hustle yeah exactly but yeah they're, they're definitely not that sort of like they're not pushing any artistic boundaries actually yeah. i don't think anymore and now it's the sexually frustrated <laughs> which is funny because you know who else produces really good art is like the only fans community i feel not that i'm a part of that whatsoever but i just get you know like uh signs of it from you know twitter and all of these stupid alt-right accounts that i follow and mm-hmm. they're somehow like uh equally seem like equally frustrated and downtrodden yeah um, yeah, yeah because they're two sides of the same coin um, mm-hmm. This kind of segues nicely into what I was actually hoping to talk about in one minor piece. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, so before that, you asked me what I was doing on the weekend and um, prior to kicking this pot off. Uh, and ultimately what I was like doing for a significant portion of my awake hours on the weekend was on, because shock surprise, I spent it sleeping as well, uh, was diving into like David Graeber's stuff from ages ago um, when he was still alive and kicking and producing sweet shit. Um, and one of the things he has this talk about like- Can you, how, sorry, can you please just explain who that is? Cause I have no idea. Uh, he's a anthropologist. He did bullshit jobs, which got a lot of press. That was one of his more famous recent pieces that was about yeah, okay. like um, corporate feudalism. And we did an episode on it like a while ago on um, okay right yeah how the yuppie world is filled with jobs that are like inherently um pointless and right. yeah have no need to exist and that uh-huh. people are just sort of like amassing uh like you know peasants and flag f- flunkies or whatever the fuck the words he used were to yeah. make themselves feel more important basically mm. okay and he also he just does like really interesting studies of you know various modern subcultures that look really boring but then he dives into them and finds these like fascinating you know like interactions between people and everything yep. like bullshit jobs which is great and we should it would almost be worth revisiting i reread it recently and it was just like oh god it really nails the whole vibe of like pointless work that has arose purely for mm-hmm. the sake of work because people need to feel like they have control over other people. Yeah. But um, another thing that he was looking at was how like the finance industry has captured art. And because there's very few like meaningful 
ways to funnel money into stuff. They've basically like turned these bohemians um, who are in turn feel like they're grifting the finance industry and the finance industry feels like they're grifting the bohemians where they take uh, their work and try and make it, you know, either highly valuable because they're uh, trying to capitalize on the bohemians story or they try and set it up for mass production. So an example is like one of his buddies went out and wanted to make some quick money. And so wrote, I need money in pastel colors on this canvas and mm-hmm. canvas sold for like eight grand, but the, the person who fucking bought it then turned it into like a t-shirt brand and a bunch of other shit. And it was just like, yeah, right. fucking capitalizing on it. Yeah. Cool. You know? Um, but at the end of the day, it's kind of like this, abstract art that may or may not have any fucking value whatsoever you know Mm -hmm. and it's just totally taken over by the finance industry um and you know the professional class but uh yeah so i was looking into that and i came across this article about a visual artist that i hadn't heard of before i don't know if he's well known or not called kyle mcdonald um okay and his shit oh man he's really fucking interesting he does like um code and tech projects as art. Um, yeah. So one of the ones, and you know, it's I I find it really interesting. Or he like put a bunch of Fitbits on people, uh, and then monitored um, who they were interacting with. And the app was basically trying to sort out like who are your good friends and your bad friends, depending on like the emotional reaction that you have with them. And then Whoa. it dictated, it, yeah, yeah, it messaged you and said, oh, you should hang out with so-and-so more. And if you had negative experiences with your friends, then it would auto block them. So then yeah. you like, <laughs> people fucking loved it. So like this little group that he had of like maybe 15 people or whatever, um, were like, oh yeah, I really like, you know, just having something like auto manage it because sometimes you don't totally know how you feel around someone. And it felt really good to have someone else take control and make my friendships more positive, which I don't know if that was the point that he was making, but um, at I the end of it, it was like, wow, people kind of like having their fucking relationships controlled by yeah i think that that's probably the commentary that he's trying to make right like most people actually want to embrace some level of sort of like authoritarianism or like control over their lives yeah totally yeah yeah like as much as people pretend that they're like very in tune with their emotions and their needs and that they have a lot of agency i think most people actually hunger to be controlled totally totally Mm. absolutely so he had another piece that he was doing um back in 2011 where he was publishing a series of photos taken with the laptops in two new york city apple stores so what do you do he went into these apple stores and installed uh spyware software basically Mm -hmm. but it wasn't really i mean it just took a photo of you and then uploaded it to this tumblr blog yeah Um, and it was meant to be like a you know insight into the expressionless uh faces of laptop users and apple stores yeah you know? right and because they all had this like similar expression of just sort of like complete emotional neutrality and like mm-hmm. just being totally dead-eyed you know while they like stare at a fucking apple screen like ooh, <laughs> yeah and uh it got a really negative response from none other than the national security agency so he's got a really long, oh, long post God. Um, but what effectively happened is that Apple found out um, what he was doing and who he was, and they launched a lawsuit against him, which then 
he filed for this Freedom of Information Act um, and found out that the NSA was going around and trying to like discover everything that he was doing, including hacking his Twitter account, which he wasn't aware of. He only found out just by virtue of filing this information request mm-hmm. and the fact that they'd like, you know, found messages and started asking him about his activity between um, you know, different people and everything. So they came into his apartment and confiscated his fucking laptops, hard drives, and everything else uh, for like months. You know, that is crazy. Um, yeah. So it's a reasonably interesting read. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I'd he, like to read that. Oh yeah, because they, you know, you hear about what they did, and despite, and there's big debates online about like, oh well, you know, I'd be fucking really pissed if someone took a photo of me in a, you know, a public place and uploaded it, and I can kind of like mm. understand that. Like, I, I personally would be kind of fucked off if I uh, had my face uploaded to, you know, people using computer screens. But it's also one of those things that it's like it happens, and the whole point um, that he was says as an artist which fucks a lot of people off i suppose whenever you say that was i was trying to explore uh surveillance and you know of course yeah it's part of it and his thing was that well apple was tracking you even in your private home and you know it was collecting all this data on you um anyway and all i'm doing is taking pictures and putting them up and you know putting you on this like people using computers uh tumblr site um but uh yeah, the more he fucking dies into it, the more it's like it was extreme. He had to get a lawyer to fight the whole case. And eventually, um, you know, the lawsuit just sort of like randomly went away uh, mm. once he, um, I think, like took the blog down and everything else. But yeah. it's a it's a fucking the thing that got me with the story was that it's a weird example of like state power being used by a company like that, um, which is whether or not you think he was doing was creepy or whatever is kind of like secondary to the fact that uh how many people would be able to call up the nsa and get them to storm someone's house you know well i i get what you're saying but there's also is there evidence that that is what happened because obviously like apple had a problem with it but maybe the nsa also just like reacted independently um as far as i know when i was reading this there Mm. is uh he has the official information Mm. request and right, he published okay. it. Um, I yep. didn't read it because I can't be fucked and I don't care enough about the story to like dive <laughs> in. But uh, they, I, as far as I'm aware from reading this, he, they were in touch, basically. Yeah, Apple right. was in okay. touch with the NSA. You know? mm. um, Even though, yeah, it's an, obviously an interesting abuse of state power, but I think the fact that it garnered that response is actually almost good from like an artistic perspective because it actually drives his point home oh yeah 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 you're right about that and that did happen is that it it one of the things that he talks about in this article that's great is it started this huge debate online about what is acceptable and what's not acceptable Mm. and um he just sort of like uh in a very neutral way just post the comments that people were saying you know like on how people reacted to the project uh which varied from everything saying like interesting how he's able to capture a truly expressionless face it made me think about how too much computer time may make us retract from social interactions weird facial expressions are partially reflective but partially social it's not a surprise that expressions get bland when there's no one around uh, non-verbally to communicate with. We are social animals. We can only guess at a long-term effect on computers on our species. So those people talking about his art project Mm. 
and then started the other comments. Seriously, this guy should be sent to prison. Doing what he did in the name of art is so wrong. What a slime ball. And then people <laughs> saying like, one wonders why Apple was not interrogated by the Secret Service after they tracked their users of the iPhone. And then people coming out against the Secret Service. Uh, you know, shit, we have at least three regional, three regional research labs in this country that got hacked this weekend. This is what they want to concentrate on. Total fucking bullshit. Um, you know, and then <laughs> people that just, so, you know, it, it ends up being its own art project. Like this, uh, it's like one guy who hated everyone. There's no fucking winner here. No one deserving support. Apple is Apple. The secret service is what it is. And the guy who calls him what he's doing art is a pretentious little fuck who didn't get paid enough attention as a child, which is funny because that <laughs> immediately encapsulates all sides of the argument. And he mm. just talks about how like, it is kind of like a deeper side of the art project in a sense is like the fucking debate that it comes around so in a way mm. this thing was a complete fucking success you know yeah yeah in terms of no like, that's really cool oh yeah 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 uh <laughs> i love <laughs> art i respect artists but i sure hate art and artists this fellow as an artist what? Know, i don't know i don't know that what they want to fucking means, but, you know, bizarre yeah he copped like a fuckload of hate for the project which in a way i think you'd like consider is reasonably successful in a uh mm. um art project especially one focusing on surveillance because mainly the hateful comments that came out against them were people hating the fact that they're being surveilled and whether it's coming from a person and that's the reaction you want you yeah. want to like you want people to reflect on how much they hate surveillance oh totally and one of the things i think is fascinating from this is like uh there's this un um spoken i guess contract that people assume that they have where a corporation is a non-person entity and it's surveilling you doesn't really matter um but people surveilling you does matter like and that's yeah creepy. that's, really, that's, where the that's a good are. point yeah so the other thing all the corporations that so apple sent takedown requests to uh where he was uploading stuff like vimeo and tumblr and shit like that yep. and they basically like immediately removed all the content and everything and then that's where the lawsuit ended so i might have fucked up that part before but like you know it's just such a classic example so i think part of the other interesting thing of this project was just how you know immediately they fucking respond to the big law cock of apple you know versus like <laughs> yeah yeah true. uh when you think back to like the revenge porn scandal you remember that yeah i, I remember yeah yeah, and how poorly that went. Um, did you remember that website? Is anyone up? com? No, I didn't. Oh man, that's a fucking hell of a story of this guy that uh, started this porn site called Is Anyone Up, where people would post uh, pictures of like themselves or pictures of mainly it was like you'd post, you know, or not me but if you were on it you would post pictures of like someone and include their uh social media details or whatever so it's oh, a pla place to Jesus. post like leaked nudes oh that's so brutal man yeah no 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 it was really fucked up that's and the guy up, was a yeah. total piece of shit you know but that fucking website stayed off for ages man and the guy was making yeah, bank right. off as well like you know oh, i can't remember God. his fucking name but like it, it was <laughs> just no one fucking cared about that that just went on and on and on you know yeah right yeah that's disgusting eh yeah in fact i want to look up uh what happened to him he was a total piece of fucking dog shit eh? yeah here we go check that motherfucker out the internet bad boy <laughs> more oh my god look at this can't hunter moore that was his name this guy looks repulsive man 
Oh yeah, no, he was like a mega fucking piece of shit, you know. Jesus Christ, I hope I hope he had several beatings. Yeah, well, he there was all these death threats against him and everything, and then he got investigated by the FBI eventually. But I mean, this thing was up for fucking years, man. Like it just went on and on and on, there, mm. you know. That's horrendous. So interesting that you brought up this uh, this art story and with the theme of the co-option of of art by uh, larger institutions or oh, right. uh, yeah, other yeah, ends because my show and tell also relates to this somewhat. And it, basically I wanted to talk to you about Hunter Biden's upcoming art exhibition and auction. Have you heard of Hunter Biden's art project? Yeah, I heard his art was making bank, hey. It hasn't yet, but it, it is slated to. So right, okay. For our listeners who aren't aware, like it's a pretty open secret that uh, the world of fine art is pretty well tied to the money laundering industry because oh really there's been yeah because there's been a tradition dating back to like the 16th century of uh, art dealers keeping their uh, buyers and sellers information private because when uh, businesses that were organised as guilds back in the day in Europe first started trading art and it was valuable they needed to uh keep their their clients information private and secure because obviously like security and law enforcement uh back then was uh sufficient enough to guarantee the safety of the people who have just bought or sold this art so it would be easy for someone who could access that information to go into your home and kick in the door and just steal it and then go to only one city over on horseback and just sell it, you know, because there's no record and whatnot. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So that tradition survived into sort of modern Europe and North America and now has spread all across the world, um, obviously became a part of the culture of sort of high art now, which values these ideas of, you know, like etiquette and tradition and art and it's a society that's very much like gatekept you know you can't just go in and change how things work at the auction houses in fucking vienna or new york so because the way that it works when most often when you're buying extremely high value art is that you the the owner is remains anonymous and they pay an agent who then will take the artwork to uh, a gallery or auction house Um, or sometimes the transactions even take place just completely privately behind closed doors. So the agent will work on behalf of the seller whose identity is not disclosed. And then buyers most regularly either use agents or uh, shell companies to actually buy the art from the auction house or from the the seller's agent. So there's like three to four degrees of separation between buyer and seller. And often these transactions take place just using cash. (laughs) Um, right okay there's there's by design often no record kept as a way to protect the privacy of the buyer and seller um there have been investigations into the past into um agents or auction houses uh not declaring the full price of their sales to uh, the irs in order to avoid paying capital gains taxes and whatnot and at the moment there's an attempt in the united states to regulate this industry in an attempt to crack down on money laundering which interestingly enough has received like extreme pushback from the uh the art sale community um who are actually lobbying in washington dc and have 
since 2019, uh, the lobbying bill for Christie's, Sotheby's, and the Dealers Association, uh, Christie's and Sotheby's are famous uh, art auctioneers, uh, has approached a million dollars. Um, so they're pushing back hard against uh, the prospect of regulation. They um, they say that they're doing this in the name of art, you know, and that it's important that uh, these buyers and sellers' privacy and dignity is respected, and that if this uh, industry is regulated, then uh, the art itself may suffer, <laughs> which is obviously <laughs> just a load of shit. That just uh, it just reeks yeah. of these um, these elites. Um, using art like we said well like you mentioned co-opting the idea of art itself as a way to protect against their own in, uh, protect their own interests rather so enter hunter biden i came across this truly bizarre new york times piece from early 2020 uh, which reads as like uh so i'll just to contextualize this february 2020 was uh pre-pandemic um, and we were in the midst of the Democratic primaries still. If I recall correctly, I think it was still unclear whether or not the Democratic nominee was going to be Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden. Uh, they were still smoothing things out. This New York Times piece on Hunter comes out and the title is, There's a new artist in town. The name is Biden. The subtitle reads, Hunter Biden, his name forever linked to President Trump's impeachment, says painting, quote, is literally keeping me sane, quote, after years of addiction and poor choices. And yeah. this is essentially, I think, like a Hunter Biden rehabilitation piece. Yeah, right. Okay. To sort of, so the New York Times is stepping in and, and saying, like, all right, like we need to pump up Joe's son here and, and polish up the, the Biden legacy. Um, yeah. To to lift him up in the democratic primaries fuck that's interesting that's how yeah. it reads to me at least and oh, of course yeah this article is is extremely bizarre i'll link it to you and i'm not going to go too deeply into it but basically talks about that they interview hunter biden in his uh studio in what part in los angeles and he's uh living in the the pool house and of a house in LA that he's leasing with his Porsche parked out the front with his wife who he married after knowing for one week <laughs> and is actually producing what I think is really good art. Like I actually think it looks excellent. Yeah. And they, the way that they write about his work and him as an artist though, is like they're interviewing fucking Jack, Jack Kerouac or something like they there's such like flowery language and they're like talking about him like some sort of like really fascinating and intriguing savant yeah and they there's a part where they talk about his um the struggles that he's trying to overcome through the use of art and they talk about the deaths in his family that he's had to endure and the fact that he has been in into rehabilitation facilities seven to eight times and then in one sentence with no further context or explanation, uh, add that uh, in early 2018, he had also ended a relationship with his brother Bo's widow, Haley. Yeah. Fucking what? <laughs> so, like, this guy was banging his dead brother's widow. Oh, did you not know that? No, I didn't know that at all. I feel like oh, that yeah, was, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, not that was... very commonly disclosed, or maybe I've just somehow avoided all oh you must have missed it man no no that was a big part of the hunter story is oh, like fuck me just the the right wing um you know fucking pundits or whatever they yeah. were jumping on that as like you know oh how morally wrong 
you know, it was just to be honest. Well, that's extremely <laughs> fucked up, dude. That is so. That is morally wrong. That's horrific. Um, um, but yeah, no, that was a big hunter part of, that of all story. people. Like, yeah. while she was like, imagine if you were married to to your husband and he just had this fuck up brother who was just a crack addict and was fucking prostitutes <laughs> all over Eastern Europe, having his name smeared through the media. Then yeah. your husband dies and Hunter comes over. He's like, hey, baby, I just want to comfort you. Yeah, and, yeah. And you're like, oh, well, may as well fucking open up the legs for Hunter. Like, yeah. let him on in. But they're the both guy, wrong in that scenario. Of like, course they're can't... both wrong. But, <laughs> dude, <laughs> just go and bang the guy who's having sex trafficking conversations with his cousin, like, on a, via text. What do you think spirit it off? I mean, this is, like, one of the only human interest stories where I actually give a fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah. To like, no, I, I mean, I give a fuck in the sense that it's, like, fucking hilarious. And mm -hmm. um, I wonder why that happened. You know, like, it's just ha what conversation did they have? What did he fucking oh. say to, like, pull her into bed? You know? I mean, he, he strikes me as a charismatic person. Yeah. like I, well, he you seems, know he's a lot of fun like there's yeah stuff. exactly <laughs> like, he seems to have some sort of dark charm about him so like i yeah fucked if i know man but anyway um if we back to the the <laughs> the art uh, <laughs> angle here yeah um so basically in he's been um producing art for a re really long time uh, on and off for the majority of his life but started to really ramp up his production or uh his seriousness of it in 2020 and uh now has announced um obviously post biden's uh presidency that he's going to be running an exhibition in new york where his works will be up for sale at prices ranging from seventy-five thousand to five hundred thousand dollars fuck that's wild and, yeah no so there's a precedent in the art community that basically you can you can start to sell your art at a high price for by one of two ways, right? So the first one is you is basically a common thing of like price discovery. So you know you start yep. selling your art at a low price and building up your reputation, and then you gradually increase the price until the public determines what the value of your work is. The second one is to basically have a big whale put you on the scene and sponsor you. So like. Yeah. Uh, like Warhol did with Basquiat, for example. Basquiat was good enough that eventually his work probably would have become hugely popular anyway. But it's essentially, you know, you a big artist takes a protege and takes them along and displays their work and tells the public this is what it's worth, you know. Mm. So Hunter has never sold a piece or even publicly displayed his work before um, in, a, in a gallery or exhibition setting at least. And also has no sponsor apart from you could argue his dad. Yeah. <laughs> so well, shadow figures um, in the DNC and shit. Yeah, it must exactly. Be in there. Yeah. So obviously, this begs the question of whether or not there's a conflict of interest at play, which <laughs> obviously there is. Yeah. So the White House, um, which should have no affiliation with Hunter's art auction, um, have been talking to the media about it, which is basically free fucking promotion. Yeah. And they're saying like. Um, we've come up with like an ethical framework for Hunter's art show, which is that the buyers uh, will be completely anonymous to anyone at the White House as well as Hunter. So a professional auctioneer, who I'll remind our listeners are the people who are lobbying to lobbying against deregulation to resist the curbing of money laundering in the art industry, is going to 
handle all the transactions and uh, won't even engage with someone who's offering uh, a substantial amount above the asking price. So yep. essentially what's happening is Hunter, uh, Hunter's art and buyers are entering a black box and then millions of dollars will appear in his bank account. <laughs> now, so they're just I'll, supporting the system, really. The existing yeah, system. And I'll remind yeah. the listeners of the uh, allegations leveled against Hunter uh, throughout like the last five years about his shady business dealings with oligarchs in the Ukraine and Romania and China, where he was accused of <laughs> taking bribes and using his father's influence to basically, you know, uh, get favorable deals in, in these bizarre circumstances. Yeah. So no evidence has emerged that um, Hunter's uh, behavior in these circumstances as criminal. But, yeah. you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. And, uh, and now anonymous buyers are going to be able to come along and uh, pay, a, you know, a total sum of millions, perhaps even tens of millions for Hunter's fucking art. While these sellers, uh, sorry, these buyers will be unknown to buy Hunter uh, on the books, there's no reason that a phone call can't just communicate what's happening here. Yeah. Um, and yeah. the fact that the Biden administration has had to even take the time out of governing the country to address this fucking shit show is just points to what a joke this is and how truly bizarre it is. Um, so, yeah. you know, even if you say that the prospect of it being, you know, uh, tangentially related to money laundering is purely speculative, speculative, which it is, of course. Yeah, of um, course. Yeah. The 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 issue still stands that this is just extremely fucked up. That he's basically like using his his dad's presidency as like a PR campaign for his for his baby art career, and he's going to be selling these like massively overvalued pieces um, just by uh affiliation with his father so there's Fuck, another yeah. there's another concern as well that obviously like anyone trying to curry favor with the administration could go to biden and essentially give him millions of dollars because the art's not worth anything like let's em place emphasis on that while it might look good like it's not uh an asset in the same sense that like a dali or a warhol is it's not going to increase in value over time because he has no reputation or legacy like the the, the work is worthless. Like it's the sort of thing that you could see on a hotel wall for five hundred dollars. Um, yeah. And it will. There's a ninety nine point nine nine percent chance that it'll just fade into obscurity and be worth nothing in ten years. Yeah. So this is just gifting money. Uh, and yeah. people are like, well, hang on, like someone not just like get on the phone with Joe and be like, hey man, like I know that like this is all kosher and above board. Like no one's names are going to be on anything, but I'm going to be up in New York tomorrow. I'm going to drop 1.5 mil on Hunter's fucking artwork. So like, <laughs> you know, why don't you you look us up, uh, look after us? And uh, anyway, so that that's where it is essentially. Um, and I'll link a couple of uh, really good articles in the show notes um, about money laundering and art uh, broadly, and then also yeah, specific to Hunter. It's fucking really interesting, though, because when you think about the value of art, like I feel like a lot of it is based around the sort of like status symbol where you're buying something relevant to the person that made it. Like, yeah. I don't know if you can, but um, could you imagine how much an original Hitler would go for? Like people would froth on that. You know, That's imagine owning question, an original yeah. fucking Hitler. 
um, <laughs> just display it in your fucking house or whatever. Or like in the original uh, Epstein, Bill Gates. Oh, sorry, not Bill oh, Gates. Oh, no, Bill the Bill Clinton. Clinton Epstein painting. Like, you know, like the people would fucking buy that. I bet it would even I would hold buy value. that. Um, and if, if, yeah, you know, it would hold value. Yeah, 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 like those evil figures from the past, uh, just by virtue of the fact that they are who they are, having one of their originals would be good. And to be honest, like so much visual art is kind of like whatever anyway, you know, like there's there's artists out there that are no names uh, that produce stunning pieces of art that are, you know, going to be worth 500 bucks or a thousand dollars or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. Because it's so subjective that I feel like a lot of it ends up being just like oh well this was made by so and so you know like um uh what do we have here so just... i just so <laughs> i just sent you a link to an article addressing the sale to the crown prince of saudi arabia uh muhammad bin salman's yeah uh the leonardo da vinci piece salvatore mundi or salvatore mundi um which i think is the most expensive art sale ever made uh for 400 million 450 million dollars that's fucking insane yeah which was done um as you might expect through an intermediary yeah 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 so this image uh which we can also link in the notes i suppose is a perfect example of what damon just said about you know some extremely valuable art not being visually appealing whatsoever yeah and this i mean it's just because it was a da vinci you know it's um mm. i mean who who wouldn't want to own it obviously but yeah is it worth well, 450 million dollars who knows yeah yeah well and that's just where these like prices are insane you know and like what yeah. are they reflecting really um but what does art reflect really like it's kind of hard to say you know like what how can you buy or value anything like that but it also you know like the same kind of thing happens in the stock market and i have this weird take on it that uh <clears throat> or i guess it's not a take like my understanding is uh in economics in general that the price <clears throat> of something is what someone will pay for it within mm-hmm. the context you know like there's yeah. and it, i <laughs> i understand like in finance there's meant to be this like meaningful valuation of a company or something but also i don't know if that really even fucking means anything and i've kind of played the round with this in my head like maybe the flow of capital uh because like valuing a company or something and just being like well it should be worth roughly um some multiple of what the company makes or you know uh with a risk factor thrown in and relative to other assets and its class or whatever Mm -hmm that uh people can value and, and the flip side of that is i think people can value things at whatever the fuck they want really. well uh, obviously you we're know? seeing and, it. yeah oh yeah and like <laughs> you're absolutely right almost an argument to be made um that valuation as a form of protest could also be a completely valid valuation not that yeah. i like uh amc or the fucking bullshit of you know any of those other meme stocks but yeah yeah um purely as a form of protest maybe they are fucking valued where they are because people want to like uh see that as a way to fuck over anyone trying to short the company or something like that or Mm -hmm. maybe you know the huge valuation of teslas purely because the like amalgamated um you know cry of fucking millions of people to say that we want to fund eccentric entrepreneurs 
and therefore the company should be worth this much because they're pushing us so far ahead in terms mm. of innovation. In which case, it's kind of like, well, you know, I can get that argument. I can understand why one company should then be valued at this insane valuation, despite the fact they make almost no money. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, because people are not now, I mean, people will say that they're buying the stock, but they're buying the stock and ideas, you know? Yeah. And they're, they're voting with their dollars to communicate a message, yeah. which I think is foolish, but many people don't. And that, I think that's, yeah, that's a huge part of what is hmm. well, it's kind resol- of right. resulting in these. As well, yeah, right? it is their right. Absolutely. And yeah. you're right. Like they value, they value holding AMC or Tesla stock more than we do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like for, for a lot of people holding those stocks is it's more than an asset. And that sounds absurd. I think it is absurd, but like, whatever, they're right. Um, and economic and, theory only holds as long as it holds until it doesn't, though, because it's not a science, you know, and like being like, oh, well, it has to adhere to the, the you know, the godly laws of valuation and earnings multiples is kind of like as bullshit as holding a stock because you fucking like it or you have a nostalgic memory associated with it or you purely mm-hmm. want to fund someone that uh, makes a big show and dance of pushing humanity forward is as valid as those other theories because they're just kind of fucking bullshit theories that someone made up and they've, they've worked until now. So far, yeah. Yeah, they, they only work until they don't. It's the same thing with mm-hmm. like Benjamin Graham, like the, uh, the daddy of investing who... Um, historically only wanted to buy companies that were trading below their book value, um, which, you know, for anyone who wonders what that means, he grew up in the Great Depression where there was a bunch of companies that were, you know, basically like massively overinflated and then the stock market crashed. Uh, And these companies then were, uh, he called them the cigar butt companies. Cigar butts, yeah. Yeah, you could buy their uh, assets lower than what they were priced but that doesn't work anymore because we have this like airy fairy uh bunch of fucking companies running on code bases you know and what's the value of code base (laughs) well it's kind of like i don't know (laughs) because you can copy it basically theoretically you can copy and paste it so if you can yeah i I don't don't know I, i don't believe in like the absolute truth um that people seem to think when it comes to valuation Hmm. No, you're right. I mean, you have to, I guess, just do your do your best job at trying to get. I think you just have to do your best job at trying to get close to what you think is what it's worth, and then you're obviously still just acting on your best judgment, right? Um, yeah. Which is why you need to be so sure. <laughs> you you can't um you can't value something and go good enough. Yeah. Uh, and go ahead with. A million variables that are beyond your your understanding yeah which is why i would never buy something like tesla yeah, or AMC. That has to make sense to you right yeah mm, yeah but uh so we're we're segueing nice here nicely here um yeah. i feel like the only thing that i've seen hold true is that an asset is worth what the next person will pay for it you know yeah and that's kind of it and uh the best firm of all time in the markets, Renaissance Technologies, uh, that I was also reading a piece on them this weekend. Um, and they take that approach, you know, that that all prices 
um, encapsulate basically everything, which is this like pseudo efficient market hypothesis, but not really, um, mm. because it's just like, well, the, the price is basically as the best uh, indicator of what people are currently valuing something at. So if you're going to go off and buy a painting for $450 million, then I guess that's it's, what it's worth. Yeah. Yeah. Until someone else comes along and says, you know, no, it's only worth five bucks. And if they sell it, then I guess it was worth five bucks. It was mm. once worth 450 million. Now it's worth five bucks, you know, and what are you going to fucking do about it? Mm. <laughs> yeah. So, that's the question. Hey, is this shit going to hold or not? No, it won't. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the most recent example of eccentric billionaires, quote, pushing humanity forward uh, that we saw, was it over the weekend? I think it was. Uh, right. <clears throat> was Richard Branson's trip into what uh, Virgin Galactic would have you think is space in their, uh, <laughs> in their <laughs> crazy uh, high altitude airplane, yeah, right. which is not a spaceship which has seen uh, the stock price of SPCE or space, whatever, uh, fucking soar. And it was an impressive spectacle. I'll uh, give them that. But there's an extraordinary amount of salt coming from the camp of Jeff Bezos in response to this, which um, I'll go into a little bit. So as our listeners might already be aware, after Jeff Bezos's announcement that he was uh, being divorced and was exiting his position uh, at Amazon, he had a mid midlife crisis and decided that he was going to space with his company Blue Origin, yeah. uh, which was, uh, if I remember, meant to be happening later this month in July. The announcement of Bezos, uh, Sir Richard Branson announced that he would be going to space on his birthday before Jeff Bezos was able to make it. Um, and obviously that flight was a success as we've all seen in the news. But the day following, Blue Origin tweeted this, just like basically an attack against Virgin Galactic. And I'll read it now. It says, from the beginning, New Shepard, which is the name of Blue Origin's uh, ship, yeah. was designed to fly above the Kármán line. So none of our astronauts have an asterisk next to their name. For 96% of the world's population, space begins 100 kilometers up at the internationally recognized Kármán line. <laughs> so Virgin Galactic's flight goes to like the very edge of the Earth's atmosphere or something like that. Uh, and I think, uh, uh, I can't recall now off the top of my head, um, the height that they reach, but essentially they don't cross this, this threshold, which is labeled the Kármán line. Yeah. And paired with this post uh, is an image comparing Virgin Galactic and Blue Origin. Uh, and it goes, flies above the Kármán line, Blue Origin, yes. Virgin Galactic, no. <laughs> Vehicle type, rocket, Virgin Galactic, high altitude airplane. <laughs> windows, Blue Origin, largest windows in space, accompanied with the dimensions of their windows. Yeah. Virgin Galactic, airplane sized windows. Escape system, Blue Origin, yes. Virgin Galactic, no. Can you link me this tweet? Fuck, yeah. I need to see this. Ozone layer impact. Blue Origin, minimal. Exhaust is water with minimal impact on environment. Virgin Galactic, high. Hybrid rocket engine with HTBPB and nitrous oxide, 100 times more harmful. <laughs> flight yeah. history. Blue Origin, 15 safe flights. Virgin Galactic, three flights above 80 kilometers. Um, 
And the, the comments on this are hilarious because, as you can imagine, no one likes Jeff Bezos and they're just piling in on him for being such an insecure fuck <laughs> and having to just basically try and attack uh, Branson and Virgin Galactic for, for beating him to what some may or may not consider to be space. Yeah. Which is pretty hilarious. Like, it's just the ultimate bitch fight. Like, these guys are so fucking deluded. Yeah. Um, it's great. I'll link it to you um, this is awesome, right man. now. I can dig and this. I'll... Yeah. Oh, I love it. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. I hate hearing so many people complain about all this shit as if the world would be better if this wasn't happening. Oh, you know what yeah. I mean? People yeah, are like, oh, my yeah. God, we're in the middle of a fucking pandemic and people are going to space. This isn't fair. Like, <laughs> fuck off. Like, who cares, man? Let these people do what they fucking want. Yeah. I saw this um, Australian journalist who writes for The Guardian called Chris Jericho, I think is his name. I hope I'm, it doesn't matter. It doesn't even matter if I got it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> this got Link- ratioed so hard. <laughs> linking something regarding like the space flights with the statement on Twitter, uh, every billionaire is a policy failure. Ugh, <laughs> what a tired Kante. Fuck yeah. off. Who cares? Yeah. Like you want your like, fucking though like, you know, I'm glad this is where their like uh tax evasion money is going, you know? Me too, man. Yeah, fucking yeah. Nice. It's better than going to like um failed government programs to prop up like, you know, Hunter Biden's art campaign. Yeah, exactly. Most of these depraved motherfuckers who are like in the food stamp line, if they got billions of dollars, would just spend it on like partying in Ibiza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, crap. But yeah, good on them. Yeah. Uh, this is the best fucking shit ever. I hope it gets really bitchy as well, because like there's no way to spur on innovation like, um, mm. you know, uh, some sort of essentially what's kind of like a dick measuring contest. Um, yeah. You know, that's the, that propels us forward fantastic mm. um virgin galactic have had like an astonishing amount of pre-orders for flights as well like commercial customers i think they've yeah. uh let me quickly double that's keeping bezos this. up at night you fucking know it is you know um, 600 people have reserved two hundred and fifty thousand dollar tickets to go on a virgin galactic flight including tom hanks leonardo dicaprio justin bieber and lady gaga if you want to go to space leo get the fuck off my recap stock yeah, yeah, fucking hell, what a cunt, eh? Happy to burn fuels to go to space with Richard Branson, but you're trying to fucking stop my boys from drilling for oil in Namibia and feeding the people? Yeah. Oh, he's such a son of a bitch. Suck a fat one. Yeah. Go, go fucking invest in Oatly. In Oatly. And Beyond Meat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fucking asshole. <laughs> Fuck yeah, that's gold. So, yeah, anyway, Virgin Galactic, I think nice. uh, another company that people uh, through investment in an idea rather than a business have propelled to an enormous market cap um, that may or may not be deserving. I don't know. You know, actually, uh, let me correct myself. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't have a strong opinion on it, but I need to uh, give them credit because somebody I read online yesterday pointed out an amazing uh, use of this technology, right? And it's like uh, suborbital air travel. Um, yeah. So the idea of rather than taking a plane flight from fucking LA to Tokyo, which yeah. takes, I don't know, 14 hours or something, I'm assuming, just launch that motherfucker into space and land it in Tokyo. It's done yeah. in an hour. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, damn. Oh, it's definitely love the future, that. man. 100%. Yeah. 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 So maybe they have far more um, commercial 
applicability than I would have assumed. Maybe we're all suckers. Maybe we should be paying $60 a share for Virgin Galactic stock. God damn, is that what it said? Uh, it's like, I think, low to mid-50s or something. Yeah, yeah. But it'll yeah. get to 60 soon Well, enough. you know, like, fuck, if you're a risk taker and uh, you want to pay the fucking price, then you might end up in gold, you know, maybe. Too risky for me. I only... You have to pay the troll <laughs> toll if you want this boy's hole. Oh, God damn. <laughs> there we go. So we had a loose touching on something Ooh. that uh, ended up being a fucking amazing story. And once again, I'm feeling like, you know, nice little pat on the back. Uh, we were talking about how frustrating it was um, with our respective Sumer annuation and basically like retirement schemes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And how you don't even get access to good investments. You don't have control over your investments and they just kind of like get pushed into this government mandated fund, right? Like the pension. Can I, can I quickly just make a statement? Sure. <laughs> I, I can't remember if I said this on the podcast when we were talking about our pension funds, but yeah. I recently looked at mine. They give me a two and a half percent annual return, man. You could put that money in the fucking S&P 500 and nearly triple that. Yeah, Suck right. my dick and Dude, fuck you. That's fucking Where do terrible. they think they get off doing that, man? Anyway, you're gonna, continue. You're going to be so frustrated after I tell you this bullshit then. Oh, fucking hit okay. me. So I came across this article yesterday. Um, I really just spent the entire weekend just reading bullshit, which is good. It's Bravo like to you. my ideal fucking weekend. But uh, Wall Street takes workers' retirement money and uses it against them. Um, and it was published in Jacobian, uh, and that's Jacobin? just kind of like Jacobin. Is that what it is? Mm, I don't know. Yeah. It's pretty mediocre most of the time, in my opinion, but who gives a fuck? This was good. Socialist um, rag, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, they fuck props to them again. Yeah, they so do some like, good shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... Immediately, I was like, oh, cool. This is going to be pretty similar to, you know, maybe something that we've talked about and I can just get some more confirmation bias on it. But in reality, it's like actually much darker. Like the whole fucking pension fund scheme um, is a nightmare. It's like fucking yeah, right. way worse than what I thought it was. And it's exactly what we'd sort of suspected. So um, the private equity industry has sort of got this long standing murky feeling about it because they're always involved mm -hmm. in either ripping apart companies and selling them off or buying up shitloads of property you know or you know they're loosely associated with these like large asset managers and everything like that but uh there's a report that come out that has essentially said that the next wave of financial villains are these fucking people running um these pension funds essentially you know and that they're uh getting um, swooned, getting romanced yes. by yeah. <laughs> Wall Street and by like private equity companies oh. um, to invest their large amounts of money that they have. And, you know, these are big funds. These are not like, you know, just a couple million dollars or whatever people trying to invest. I'm talking like nations or uh, states. Yeah, yeah. Hundreds yeah. of billions. Total fields like the teachers, pension fund, all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um that have been getting swooned away from low-cost index funds because that's kind of boring. You just take everybody's money and stick it in the S&P 500, which is mm -hmm. sort of like traditionally what these uh, what the pension funds would be doing, and instead are putting them into exotic assets and private equity companies 
and getting absolutely smashed on fucking fees. And oh. so we talked about some of that where we were like, oh yeah, 0.75% fees or you know 1% fees or what these fucking sons of bitches are doing. Man, we're way off. It's like 2% per, uh, management fee of the money and 20% performance fee if they fucking um, make above a certain level. You know, and in addition to that, uh, they're not even making much money. They're making way below what the S&P 500 makes. So part of what this article goes into detail about is like um, how a lot of what these pension fund managers um, are getting is they'll go, you know, they'll get invited to some like Wall Street thing. They'll get flown over there in a private jet. Um, you know, they'll get to talk with all of these big, powerful figures that want them to invest in their like uh, housing complex or, you know, their fucking like new exotic type asset of some kind or, you know, some sort of like private equity company. And then they'll have to pay like huge amounts of fees and all of the expenses come off the pension fund. So you're kidding me. No. <laughs> so they're like, they're like the, the cost of the private jet and the conference and all that kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah. So here's Fucking one hell. example. So in Pennsylvania, pension officials just admitted that they pumped about two thirds of the state retirement systems assets into alternative investments. So 66% of basically the entire fund is going into these sort of like hodgepodge private equity groups or, um, you know, these fucking, uh, like other rant, whatever the fuck the exotic investment is. And it generated $4.3 billion worth of fees for Wall Street firms, which is more than the entire amount workers paid into the fund in the same time period. What? <laughs> yeah, man. It's like way Jesus Christ. Yeah. So- Isn't that mental that there's somebody who's most likely like legally obliged to be making good decisions on behalf yeah. of this retirement fund for all of fucking what was that like did you say it was uh like all of pennsylvania yeah like yeah. the public retirement fund or something so another so yeah here we go in other words all the money pulled out of pennsylvania public workers paychecks in the last four years that was supposed to go to their retirement savings was instead used to pay wall street firm fees in exchange for workers that were given investment returns that did not beat a low <laughs> fee stock index fund so they didn't even beat the s p 500 oh <laughs> jesus christ man so and there's another one and that- yeah Sorry, this this goes to show as well how important it is for people to be learning like just some basic financial literacy when it comes to markets and whatnot, eh? Because like, yeah. you know, 90% of these people wouldn't even be, I guess, regularly checking the returns on in that fund or looking at what the market returns because they're just busy living life. But you really should monitor this stuff. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fucking shocking, eh? So... Uh, other examples is like um, the Security Exchange Commission attorney Ted Seidel estimates that the state teacher's pension fund is paying more than $460 million in fees every year, and alternate investments have wildly underperformed compared to their projections. Those fees are more than twice the amount the state saved in 2017 um, oh, when Jesus, Ohio man. officials halted cost of living increases that would allow pension benefits to keep up with inflation. Um, That's gnarly. Um, yeah, it's mega fuck, but it gets even more fuck up basically um so i'll skip down the article a little bit uh so um so that's that's one part of it right is they're just taking money with all these fees and everything Mm -hmm. uh 
And that's happening across all pension funds, essentially. It's not just, um, you know, like a couple here and there. Making matters worse, even for retirees, is the dumb money phenomenon. A snarky Wall Street term describing how pension officials are doling out other people's money can be less meticulous and less sophisticated in negotiating fee terms and shareholder rights than private investors who are gambling with their own cash. Uh, so this dynamic was at play when finance firms swindled pension funds into buying crappy mortgage-backed securities in the lead-up to the financial crisis. So part of the yeah, fucking right. CDO thing was just you know, these big pension funds buying into the mortgage-backed securities, which was totally fucking them up, you know, and propping them up as well. Sorry, propping them up, which eventually led to the fuck up. Um, so this is part of where it gets really gnarly, is that Wall Street money managers used these pension funds to prop up their own investments, basically, and pay premiums on the fucking stocks that they're buying, which you can imagine would be a great way to make a quick buck pumping the fuck out of your stock while you're just mm -hmm. basically like dumping it to the pension funds and then just watching it plummet back to fucking earth. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's so savage. <laughs> yeah, so uh, it it's... yeah. Yeah, so then there's all this, uh, you know, the fees that these guys are taking, like I said, was basically used to um, fund their lavish lifestyles. But yeah, uh, the more I read this, the more it just became even dodgier. And I was just thinking like, oh, you know, how can this get any fucking worse? Uh, taken altogether, workers' retirement money is being leveraged to enrich oligarchs and fund their war on workers. And get this, very soon government employees' pension savings could be the capital that funds the privatization of whatever is left of America's crumbling public infrastructure. So this goes back to the infrastructure bill. The new bipartisan infrastructure framework announced by Joe Biden includes a push for Asset recycling, the process whereby governments will sell off roads, bridges, airports, and other public assets to Wall Street investment firms. That's because Biden's, um, and this is great because they're attacking Biden in addition to Trump, which is nice to see from a, a largely oh, fucking, you know. Left, left wing publication. Yeah, yeah, yeah where yeah. they say um, effectively it's the exact same plan that Trump had in place where he wanted to start selling, you know, all of these government act, uh, assets off. Biden's just done the exact same fucking thing in the infrastructure plan. So they're dumping all of these fucking like previously owned by the state assets um you know which is just a whole another way to you know take the fucking public pension money as a way to fund the uh, fees that goes into this not not get a fucking first part of the investment no no they're, mm. they're funding the fucking selling off of it using pension money it's a total grift right um, yeah. So I didn't realize it was this fucking bad. I just thought it was a few guys making like, you know, 1% and it was kind of like a grift, but it is yeah, yeah. way fucking worse than that. Um, yeah. Damn. <laughs> so some of the players involved in this um, is that in addition to these conferences that these Wall Street people are putting on with pension money, the speakers they're getting are guys like Barack Obama and they're paying fucking oh, yeah, Barack Obama speeches with the fucking pension money. You know, yeah. as well as like ruthlessly gambling all this pension money on whatever the fuck the exotic asset of the week is, um, yeah, pumping yeah. up their returns, dumping the stock. Like, oh man, that's it's... fucking nuts, eh? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So well, uh... <laughs> this has uh, further motivated me to pursue something that's already on my mind about um, inquiring more about how to 
launch a self-managed superannuation fund, which I think I can do. It'll cost me a little bit to get set up, but yeah. I think it might be worth it in the long run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, it would be fantastic. Yeah, like yeah, you know, you definitely have to, um, because it, it's like the the fucking you know, and this everybody should check this article out. It's fantastic. Um, part of the other things that these private equity companies are doing with the money is privatizing, uh, you know, like parts of the healthcare system in the states. Um, so. <laughs> Money from the pension fund has flow has basically been funneled into privatized ambulance uh, groups that then Whoa. they then they take over like an ambulance company that you know sells its services to the hospitals and then jack up the fucking fees of the ambulance service or whatever <laughs> and make healthcare more unaffordable. Fuck um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, oh it's, Jesus. It's just a uh, just a nightmare, and the whole thing is that they get away with it because it's dumb money. So, um, you know, the alternative of these pension fund managers is there's there was a good article about like one of the better performing ones, and it was a look at what the guy does. Uh, Steve Edmondson of the Nevada Public Employees Retirement System, who seems like a reasonable dude, um, and the Wall Street Journal had a thing on him, and it's like, what do you do all day? And he says, absolutely nothing. I do as little as possible. You know, uh, all of the Nevada's um, what is it? Public Employees Retirement System is in low cost inf- index funds and bonds. So you know, he's winning. He's winning. He's doing. He's outperforming yeah. all of them. <laughs> And publicly admitting that he does nothing. Yeah, and <laughs> he has uh, no co-workers, uh, rarely takes meetings and sits around eating leftovers on his desk. You know, maybe having a little little tubing every now and again. But uh, <laughs> What a boss. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's a, it's a fucking nightmare. Right? Um, I can only imagine the absolute grift happening in uh, Australia and fuck, you know, New Zealand mm. as well. Yeah, off the back I'm of sure this it's... because the performance of this stuff is such a fucking shit show oh god damn um yeah well that's a nice light note to leave it on (laughs) uh if you've enjoyed the podcast then you can support us on patreon by going to patreon forward slash modern guilt and subscribing for our monthly exclusive episodes where we talk about stonks and markets yeah we just released a uh, longer than usual episode. If you subscribe, you're uh, able to go and listen to all of the the back catalog as well. You get access to all of the old ones. So uh, yeah, we just released an episode where we went pretty deep on like macro market trends and Uber, and then touched briefly on Etsy and Coca-Cola as well as stock picks or not picks. Yeah. So if that's of interest to you and you have uh, an extra five bucks a month spare, then hit subscribe and that would be outstanding. Um, you'll get those monthly episodes. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. Damon is at guilt underscore modern and I am at why worry underscore O wait. O-H-W-A-I-T, not O-W-E-I-G-H-T. That would be a weird handle. Um, yeah. So if you have any interesting shit uh, coming across your radar that you think would be cool for us to discuss on the pod, hit us up. Uh, we love hearing your suggestions or even just news from your life. You know, if you got a got a new dog or if your daughter started school, let us know. We'll congratulate you. <laughs> How are things going with you and your wife? <laughs> or co-living arrangement partner. Yeah. Or 
I don't know whatever the fuck you guys get up to, but you know, how's that happening? Or uh, your resident sub. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you making uh, any art? Tweet us your art. Send us some tweet us stuff. Maybe we'll promote it and we can make some NFTs. Big shout to uh, the team jumping on the H HGen train as well. Um, yeah. It's, it's always fucking awesome when uh, we hear that you guys are buying into some of the same shit that we are. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and also great because we think that you'll make money. So that's nice. Um, yeah. Keep it up. Cool. And uh, take care out there. Yeah, absolutely. Enjoy the, uh, the day. All right. Peace. <laughs> See you later. Peace out.